much for being here today. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and, and thanks again for all your work. We, we appreciate it, Zach. No, man, I appreciate you. You've been a great member of the community for a long time now, whether you go by Will, Soda Lover, or Wint yeah. Supporter, whatever your name no. happens to be at the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Tell us a little bit about your collection, man. What, tell us a little bit about you and the hobby. Oh, boy. So I'm probably like mo most of the, the folks. I grew up loving pretty much every sport. Uh, grew up here in California, played, played baseball, soccer, basketball, et cetera. Foot, a little football, a little too little for football. So I, I tapped out of that early. And uh, tennis, I, I'm a tennis player now. The other sports with age, as you know, it's not that easy to do. What do you mean? As I know, I don't fucking know. What you are you saying? Oh yeah, you're thirty. You, you'll see. I, I'm four. I'm forty six, and I feel it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, gosh, uh, mid mid eighties. I, I I was always super into baseball as a kid, and uh, opened up my first pack maybe eighty five. Was it eighty five Flair? I think it was eighty five Flair. Got a Clemens rookie. I, I lost it. It's long gone, but uh, it was all scuffed up. It, uh, yeah, I collected uh, pretty wholeheartedly, like most people in the 80s, during the, the junk wax era. Saw, saw the boom. Uh, got a little older, like most people probably in college kind of just dropped it all. Uh, came back to it in the late 90s. Uh, it might be before your time, but eBay popped up around 98. And I remember I, I wanted to have some spending money, and I pretty much sent all my collection off to PSA back then when PSA was still fledgling. Uh, but once eBay, eBay popped up, all of a sudden, the, the grading stuff right around there, you, you'd see like tens were going for good money. And I got my mm. graded, sent it off, and took a break again. And, uh, you know, I started nibbling, not, not, not seriously, but like from maybe 2012 to 2016, 17, I was looking, looking. And I still remember seeing things like, you know, like a trout red refractor, right? Right. The one out of five for like. Yeah. 20 grand and i'd be like damn that's ridiculous now, now that's a million dollar card right i was yeah. like ridiculous but but i was looking at stuff mm -hmm. like this is interesting but but i i i, I just kept nibbling nothing serious and uh like it, like a lot of us i for whatever reason maybe social media was also bringing me back but right around covid i was picking it up again and, and then when covid hit we all had free time and i, I went you know pretty hard and like most people like trigger and some of these other guys we had to re. There's a lot to relearn, you know. I think it took a good year before I really relearned the hobby and all its nuances. And um, mostly, you were saying, "What do I collect?" It's all. It it took me a little while, you know. Like so, some people have the time and and energy to really branch out, and that's not me. I started collecting again a little bit of everything, but then I found out my niche was one baseball, a, a lot of, a lot of vintage and high end modern, and then basketball. Uh, and that's pretty much it now. I'll, I'll watch football, but it's just football to me. I, I know you love it. It's just it, the collecting side so wonky. I, I don't like it. It's it's just yeah, sure. it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like the whole QB thing. It's it's and the injuries and it's 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 just too much. So I, I stayed out of. I dabbled in football, but now it's just uh just uh vintage and some basketball. Yeah, Is you it, talked about like it, it taking time and stuff, you know, and like yeah. You know, we started the channel back a year ago almost now. And then I was talking about I'm a collector who's like trying to learn the flipping game and so that I can build a collection. And really what's happened is I've really delved into collecting and figuring out what it is I like to collect. And I I guess recently have really discovered like my niche is obviously I think people always knew like I like football and that was my thing, but it's really Hall of Fame autos and, and, and game use patches has really become I think what is I like to collect. And it is pretty niche, like you said, you know, like the football side is wonky just is what it is but that, that but then to me like that's an appeal because i'm like okay well i can get like the yeah. second greatest wide receiver of all time you know triple color game use patch auto for like 50 bucks and that seems ridiculous right i mean that's just so dumb i mean it's all about finding what one what you love and two if you're gonna play the investing game inefficiencies and be patient like you said find someone like that if you believe in it more, more importantly you have to lo love it right it should be yeah a I think we all learned that with the the market gyrations and the roller coasters. Which well, you said a lot here that was pretty interesting, Will. Uh, just right out the gate, uh, you talked about let's let's flesh this out a little bit. Why did we all come back the way that we did? You know, and like, I mean, because I never really left, but to your point, just all of a sudden, I did take it more seriously. I, I right? think 
can give you my take on it personally. It, it's interesting. I, I think it's nuanced for a lot of us. For me personally, it's a combination of a few things without getting into po politics exactly, right? Like, you know, my free time, I, I'm working and I, I, I'd be streaming stuff. And like the news, everything on the news is so spun and it's negative and it's all sensationalized and it's all yeah. made to trigger us, right? To yep, yep. Promotion. So basically it's, it's mental garbage. Right. So, so as I was seeing that, I'm like, you know what? I love sports. I have all this free time. And then another thing is the nostalgia as I start to get back into cards, like baseball, baseball, let's be honest, it's a slow game. It can be fun, but it can be boring at times. But I don't know if you want to use the word gambling, but there's a little aspect of, as you start, I start collecting, I'm like, damn, this is actually, it's fun to look at a box score again. It's fun. I, I got yeah. he's streaming. I'm like, man, this is actually a lot of fun to, while I'm working, just stream ball games. It's relaxing. It's entertaining. And then the card side, I don't know, one of these guys uh, online, maybe it was uh, Chris Sewell. So, someone summarized it well. They're like, it's a combination of investing, gambling, nostalgia, art, entertainment. So it's a little bit of everything. And, mm -hmm. and it's fun, right? It's, I, I, at least I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, I think. But, you know. Yeah. No, you're so right, too, because I guess, you know, we all kind of, you know, it, it blew up, we'll say early spring oh, yeah. of 2020, which is when this, you know, basketball season got canceled, well, oh, postponed, yeah. whatever. And then there was certainly this gambling aspect. If, if we remember, we go back, there was certainly this gambling aspect of the prospects and all this stuff, obviously. But at that, at that time, there was a gambling aspect of what card is going to pop next. I mean, sports cards investors had articles written about how to identify the next card that's going to pop. And they were talking about specific inserts because just for whatever reason, the hobby's eye would turn to an insert set from the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, didn't matter. And that shit would just explode. I mean, $20 cards became 250 overnight. It, it, it was yeah. just so crazy. Yeah, the whole social media thing, it's very weird. The influencers, it's like uh, positive feedback loops, right? And it's not a, it's not a stable system. Like it or That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Type something up if, and, and you see the price charts and you see what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. I kicks in and then it equilibrates over time. And you know, I, I, I was I think Trigger was doing the same thing. The older guys, I think we were all initially dabbling, which was good in hindsight. I was dabbling in small cards. And then as I as I had time as I start to learn, I'm like, you know, my time isn't worth the small stuff. And then I as I learn more, I start to ramp up. And I mean I probably lost some I mean some of the vintage stuff really ran up. So I think I missed some of that. But but it was good to like learn there were a lot of mistakes but learn hopefully mistakes you know with, with little cards so it was an education for me some people like you said though they just jumped in they just started i think it's like risk aversion some people are just they'll just jump in i i'm the quiet slow turtle type i i like I the mean, you know no different than you you know i like i said i've been doing this for 20 straight years there was no break and <clears throat> oh, right. when it all started really popping again like I wasn't spending more than $20 on a card, you know, I mean, I'm not doing that on occasion. I'll, I'll drop a hundred for a good one or something on occasion. It wasn't until, I mean, very recently that I would just be like, okay, I'll spend $300 on a card and not think about it as long as I had the money set aside for it. You know? yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, we all, it's, it's, it's all where, where, what we're comfortable with finances. So some, some people you can, you can do more, but it's all about finding what, what's appropriate for your risk. I guess is the yeah, risk. risk. Is that it? I mean, <laughs> don't, don't. Like, you know, like even back in co when COVID started or whatever, I could have lost $300 and been fine. Like it would have been fine. Yeah. But like, I don't, I just didn't trust the market enough. It, yeah. That's definitely what's changed for me is that I trust the market more and more. So I guess that you could say that's risk aversion or not. I don't know. But like, I, I guess I'm always gambling that the market's going to end up going down. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, if that's good or bad. But it, I mean, I, I think a lot of markets have this that you it's not to get too get get too much in the money side of things, but you you need worry. You need people worrying and I think that's a sign of a healthy market. When people are all exuberant, that's usually a, a market top. And we saw yeah, yeah. the market like in February I, I didn't have a lot of stuff, but I sold a good amount because I was seeing like vintage like a vintage Kofax one week selling for let's say thirty grand. The next mm -hmm. sixty that's not a stable market that yeah. happened. And when you see stuff like that, that's when you're like, you got, <laughs> you got to stay out or sell. I mean, if, if you're playing, because it was crazy. It was, I, 
and like you said, it's unpredictable. You just see like the Jordan, right? The Jordan ran from 100 to 200, and then it went from 200 to like, it, it just, just. Yeah, the 780 or whatever it was. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's you know, these things are so unpredictable. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. Something, I guess, I, I, a lesson that I learned in life uh, when I was in college it's something I would do for money on the side. I would I would buy and sell silver. Okay. Um, I'd be I'd be buying it off of Craigslist. It'd be Friday night. People needed cash to pay their rent, and you know I'd buy some silver off of them or some gold off of them. And <laughs> it was shady as hell what I was doing. Then I go to a pawn shop and try to make you know fifty percent margins or something. Yeah. But I remember then you know that's twenty ten ish. So okay. twelve years ago, I remember the price of silver and gold skyrocketed, and you know silver had got up to like thirty, thirty four, thirty five bucks an ounce. Okay, you're right. And pe people thought that was going to stay there for forever, but now here we are today. It's today. Yeah. It's at twenty four dollars an ounce, and that's like one of its highs since that time period. And it's just so you know that was a huge gold and silver bubble. And I right. think you know with sports cars now, we're seeing something similar where we see these prices, and we think you know people still talk about silver is going to be thirty dollars an ounce, thirty dollars an ounce. Well, it really only hit then and never hit it again, right? So like, yeah. I feel like we're at the peak of that bubble still for sports cars prices. And, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and say it was just so high. You know, it's so high relative to where the market ends Car up settling. I mean, cards are so – it's interesting you bring up silver. I, I, my experience with pure commodities like gold, silver, oil, I just stayed out of them because they're so damn unpredictable. Like yeah. I, the bond types can figure it out. And it's like I, that's not me. And cards, I, I, I can't quite place them. It's like there's an art component too. And, and the – the weird thing with social media for better or worse it's in in a weird way i almost feel like it's a social status thing like kind of like women with jewelry guys can show off their parts so like that's another element of it that i don't think existed 10 years ago so that might give us another floor like i like it's 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 just a hard uh if you want to talk about the investment side of cards it's it's just a hard thing to quantify because there's all to me there's all these different angles on it, which makes it more fun too it's complicated I, yeah. I like absolutely i think there's no question that social media is good for the hobby because because before you know think about john mangini if you've seen this stuff but he's got this phenomenal room of sports i need to cards. see it i've heard <laughs> right it's it's amazing it's it's beyond belief i mean it's almost museum quality but before if social media didn't exist now and he didn't have youtube no one would know that collection existed right yeah. it would just be him in there and he's just like i got such a, this great collection but he can't share it and that is really a drawback but now because of social media, you can be like, oh, look at my collection. And even if you've got a, a modest, especially from a yeah. size perspective collection, you can still get a lot of love in your collection because people are like, yeah, these are awesome pieces. That's a great thing you've added to your collection. And that's, I guess, a really a rewarding system internally. Yeah. And his thing, it's almost like for you can almost make it a, an argument. It's almost like a museum aspect. He can share it with people, which is nice. If you have Hell something yeah. special and historical, it's good he's sharing it for many reasons. So that's, again, it's. And again, we're all kind of quirky. It's a quirky hobby, and it's yeah. There's no question. Connect us. You know, I, I yeah. haven't. I, I'm in. I'm in kind of uh, in between LA and San Francisco, so I'm I'm in a quieter area for cars. So it's I'm not gonna go to a show here. It's just not. They're gonna have little cars. It's not worth my time. But it's it's good to connect with y'all and have the community because otherwise it just wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same, right? Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... Well, you, another thing you mentioned there in your open soliloquy, uh, we'll call it there, is uh, you talked about eBay, 1998, man. Tell us what yeah. that was like. It's hard to remember, to, to be honest. Like, I was in between college and, and, and uh, graduate school, and um, I, I was just, uh, it was like an off year of traveling. I was like, let's sell my cards. And I don't even know how eBay, how I even found about. But when I saw it, I'm like, damn, this is cool. I can, because, you know, until then, it was just shows and your card shop and, yeah. And especially in these small towns, I think we touched up on this in one of your lives, especially in these small towns, the card shops had this whole power dynamic and it wasn't good. You know, you're like a yeah. kid and they're trying to rip you off. And yeah. And, and eBay was the first, like you, it was the first equalizer, you know, you were like, okay, mm -hmm. this is cool. I can look at everything. And, and I, I that's the first time I, I remember in the real now to date myself, 92, 91. The first PSA slabs when, when when they popped up or when I at least saw them, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what's the point of this? And the the the, the card hobby was very different back then too. Like, little things, um, centering. Centering was not important. No. The first thing that mattered were corners, 
the surface, if it had something major, obviously, but right, the yeah. effects, no one cared. The edges, no one cared. It was the corners. Now it's centering. So these little nuances, things evolve. And, and yeah, eBay, I, when eBay popped up, you start seeing these nines and tens and they start selling for good money. I was like, damn, I got to get my collection graded. And, uh, and I, I, I didn't have a ton of stuff, but but I, 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 I don't know. For, for, for me at that time, it was good money. I think I made five, six K and Dang, yeah. from, it was good. I, I think PSA also, I had cards, a lot of things jammed that I don't think it was a gem today. <laughs> and you, see it. you see those old slabs and it's funny, like, it's like a, another one of these market inefficiencies. You'll see like a PSA 10 the other day, I saw an Elijah uh, 86 and the damn thing was 65.35, centering left to right. And, yeah. and it's like, dude, just get that re-slab. If you go sell it, because people are getting smarter, they're looking at that card and it's selling like in between a nine and a 10. And right. I don't know if in the new, new slab if it'll even sell, but you, you see these changes over time and it's, it's, it's interesting. People are certainly pickier. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so okay. funny. You know, a lot of people talk about the grading companies and PSA starts in ninety one and they have all these issues and so on and so forth. But you know, it's just a different time. And if you're looking at slabs from that era, you have to understand in nineteen ninety one, they're you know, they PSA and SGC are writing the book on how to grade cards. You know, they you know, that's that's something they're coming up with along the way as they open their business. So if you're looking at slabs that were cards that were slabbed in that era, it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. Because they, they were writing what are now industry standards for what is considered gym mint and mint and near mint. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, and just to your point, I mean, I know people hate this, but, you know, by the card, <laughs> not the grade and centering is such a big deal with that. You know, and if you look at those older cards and it's off center, don't, you know, don't buy it at a 10 price. You know, if it looks like a nine, don't buy it at a 10 price. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have some of my fire here i don't know if it'll show well but but i'm a big believer in that you'll see i, I have i have some nice sgc vintage and i'm not going to pay twice for if, if, if a card looks like a true nine in an sgc slab of, of a nice vintage baseball card i'll buy that all day heck yeah absolutely and, yeah sure oh, go ahead. And, and yeah it's in the slab so you can't see everything mm -hmm. but but if you know like again if you truly believe by the card you you got to put your uh, money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah. Well, show us some of that money. You got some slabs over there to, for us to look at. Uh, I mean, I I I got some big boys. If you oh, if, here we go. Fifty-two man on PSA eight. Show it to me. I know you. Uh, got not that big. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> want me to show? I got maybe ten here. All right. Let's show. Let's see, let's see a couple of these. Let's see a couple. Let's yeah. Rip a couple off the top. Uh, here's a here's a nice one. I don't know if it shows well. This is Hold the select. Luca. Oh, that Luca courtside silver SGC ten. Yep, SGC. There you go. Right by the card. Here's Trout, my boy. I, I'm a. Oh boy. my goodness! Look at that card. That's a big boy. When you hold on, hold on. Don't just act like we're just gonna pass through that. When did you pick that card up? Uh maybe a year ago. About. My goodness. For I'm 45. Any... I have some disposable income. I've worked my ass off. <laughs> For the radio audience, that's a 9510 BGS Bowman 1 Auto of Trout there. Was it a refractor too? I couldn't tell. No, no. This is a, it, it's a nice card though. It has a lot of shine. Another thing I like, these. Um, if you look at the pop reports back then, they just, because they, they didn't make a lot. So I don't know if it was under a thousand, but this is not a, you know, this is not a 2018 auto. Yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah. Boy, is low. This is my birth year. I, I like this card. It's it's. I don't know how well I'll show. It's it's. There we a, go. That's good right there. Brad, again, here's a BVG, and I'm not BVG has its flaws, but this one looks so clean. I, I had to pick it up. And, and I see it. Is that Steph up next? Big, I see I, Steph. big boys for you. Here's my Steph. goodness. Another big boy. Hold it back down. Set it. Set it down on the case. That we can kind of see. It. Is that a Topps Chrome? It's a it's a chrome, yeah. Oh my goodness! Not the refractor, but a, a nice one. Not a refract. It's not a refractor. I don't have it's, millions sitting it's around. My favorite baseball card. Just if you want to talk vintage and, and art, this one. Oh, look at this mantle. What year is that mantle? I, this should be the sixty-five. That's a sixty-five. And what is that? A mint? Is that a mint nine? No, near mint eight. Nine SGC. Man. Good looking nine. I, I couldn't pass it up. So this might be my favorite card, just overall. Just, when did you pick it up? Tell us a little bit about the card. Oh gosh, 
a little over a year ago. This this was on eBay. Like I, I I'd like to see this stuff in person, but again, where I am, it's just not convenient. So if I see a card, it, it, and then you know, it's it's about being patient too. Like some of this high end stuff, like you just you just gotta wait for a good card at a good price, and you just if you can't get FOMO, you just you just pass it. If, if 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 you know the bidding war, you just come up with a number and and. I found you you snipe, but you don't you stick to your number because otherwise there's an emotional you know you you yes you don't want to get caught up in that game so now stick, oh, sorry go ahead and just snipe and that's it see what happens when you're talking about that sniping and and I don't mean like how are you sniping how are we making millions <laughs> I don't mean that but I just because I actually I I have an answer to this my own question but I want to ask you. Are you looking at specific cards or do you kind of have like a, a broad search and you're just kind of looking and if something strikes you, oh, that's a good deal. And then you bet. It. It's about a mood thing. It's like a, it's almost like a recipe with time. You figure out like what it's way too much work to search for individual cards, unless there's like a 52 mantle, right? Something like a grail. But, but yeah. in general, I just have a, like about 20 searches and it's a mood thing. Like, do I want to look for nice modern basketball? Do I want to look, for vintage baseball, do I want to look for everything? I have a search engine for Bowman Chrome baseball auto refractors. So it right, just boom, you hit it, and you know you just kind of. I, I find that that was the because eBay, it's like, <laughs> you know how it is. It's like a, a rabbit hole if you're not careful. So you it's just crazy, yeah. It is crazy. It was. It made that's that's a great point too, that it's like a rabbit hole because I know that I found myself, especially before the baby, when we were still in Austin. I mean, there'd be nights where I just spent way too much time on eBay because I'm just like, you're sitting there thinking there's deals to be had, you know, and like you can just search infinitely, you know, you, you cannot stop. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a running joke. How, how, how long are you spending on eBay? Just long enough not to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That was the cutoff, you know, and that was the issue. So, okay, we Honey, just, just tell me when we're hitting critical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand up and say, we got an issue. I'll say, okay. I'll say. Oh, it's a great point though. And um, I, I certainly have used, I, the community's helped me so much learn how to use eBay as um, their filter options a little bit better. And yeah. so like right now, the big search that I have on, I have every year from 1999 to 2009. And I'm looking strictly for football cards and they have to either say patch Jersey or auto in the listing. And there's actually not that many listings and I can, in 15 minutes, I can basically see every new listing for buy it now that day. And I can see every auction ending that day. And so like, yeah. I see these great hall of fame patches for like 10 bucks. And I'm like, yep, I'll buy that. You know, this is ridiculous. You, you, you nailed it. Like you, you have your particular interests and, and you got to have the right search or else your stuff. It's just not, it's going to get lost in the ether. So yeah. obviously you figured out how to boom, hit it. And, and yeah. your stuff is so niche. I'm sure you're, you're going to find some deals just because people don't see it. Exactly. And I, that's, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, that's how I came up with it. Cause I was like looking at some of this stuff. I'd be like, I was looking up player by player and I'm like, this shit is going so cheap, but yeah. the auctions are so infrequent, you know, yeah. the auction ends once every other week or something. Yeah. And then that's why I was like, Oh shit! Let me just put in all the years and like, yeah. yeah, I have to filter through a shit ton of crappy rookies that you know. But it's like you said, it's so niche that it's, there's actually not that many listings. I mean, there's probably two fifty auctions per day that end with that search. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I wish I wish I was into something like that, but unfortunately, I'm just into the, like the, the 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 more broad stuff. So you just like you said, and then the other thing again, it's all about numbers like if you're looking again if you're looking at higher end stuff at least that's good because then the volume the volume drops otherwise yeah it's overwhelming so there's just like like you saw that with pwcc if you're looking at the mid or lower end stuff with those early auctions you're gonna make money just because there, there weren't enough eyeballs on it i think they had a little hubris with uh thinking they were going to get enough eyes hey I called that shit out early. The day they launched their shit, I said, if y'all have stuff listed that's like not Tatis or Juan Soto, you need to ask them to pull it because that shit's going right. to get wrecked. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it was an awful the, – the functionality there was awful. They really need to incorporate the eBay's ability to like, you know, the uh, the parentheses and things like that to basically as an org function in your search. It's just freaking awesome. I'm, I'm not a web guy, but you guys, there's a fancy word to it too, like UI or something, but – the interface matters, right? 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 Like in PWCC right now, it's it's 
I told them it's not that user friendly. Little things. You're you're just like this is not. An, I, I I have a lot of gripes with eBay. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Getting a little better. I think I noticed their customer service. They're starting to listen because I think the competition is. It's eating up. Eating up. Which is good for everyone, right? So you're. I'm beginning. We'll see if they drop their fees. That's. <laughs> That'll be the last shoe, but but right now at least they're listening. And I felt like a year ago, if you had an issue, they've just they they're like whatever, dude. We're we're the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. We'll so, just yeah. Well, two things. One is my wife does a user interface. That's, That's the only reason I know what UI is. If it okay. wasn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. But <laughs> because of her, and then two, eBay's customer support. I mean, I've actually been meaning to actually talk about this a little bit. I've actually never had an issue with them. They've been nothing but good to me. The whole time. Now I've had an account for 10, 12 years. Phone, they're good. You have to get them on the phone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. You have to learn how to work eBay customer support. Yeah. And if you, once you get them on the phone, they're so good. They always I, resolve it. I agree. When, when I've had it, like I, I got my first negative feedback, some, some asshole, like tried to cancel something he won. And I was like, you know, my time, I'm like, no, you, you won the bid. You, you need to pay for this. And then, he, he gave me a negative feedback for the card showing up late and I mailed it off the day after. Uh, and eBay initially like said, I, I protested and they said no, but I protested by email and got on the phone and it was no problem, right? Cause it was, yep. it was but you have to, for people listening, you have to get on the phone if, if you have an issue with them. Yeah, I actually floated this idea. I thought about taking like uh, some commissions. Like um, I was, I, I haven't, actually said this publicly yet but i'm willing to sell some higher end cards through my account because like i know how to work ebay customer support so if there's any issue like i know that i can re you know mm -hmm. it, yeah i've been selling cards on ebay for 10 years and i i have not i had one issue i'll never forget this it was 2012 i believe 2012 i had bought a box of 2012 prestige football and i got a beautiful four color patch auto of doug martin doug martin was a rookie running back that year for the tampa bay Buccaneers. he was really good he just got hurt in that he was in that his very first game he rushes for like 200 some yards yeah, yeah. and that card sold for 300 bucks and then the guy didn't pay that was the only time i ever had an issue on ebay and it was a decade wow. ago that's, yeah so that's good i mean that was my yeah yeah i i've tried my i'm not selling a ton like i'm more of a, a collector now i'm realizing it's just not worth my time to churn and burn but i've tried to sell some things on my slabs and it's been I, I know some people like me are, are happy with it, but I, I, I don't know if it's getting quite enough eyeballs right now. But I feel because I have the same, like as far as a slab perspective goes, if I have it listed on eBay, I have it listed on my slabs. Yeah. And I'm much happier when it sells on my slabs. I, I usually make out better and so does the buyer. And I feel like, you know, it's basically one-to-one. -one. Every slab I sell on my slabs, is, I sell one on eBay. So, you know, right now, and they're they're growing. So I like my slabs quite a bit. and. I think I hope the community continues to shift over there because I think that's you know part of the competition like you talked about that's going to only make eBay have to treat us better or lower their fees and make us pay. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I, I want the, it, it's it's a balancing act. I think Neo touched on this. I want different platforms for obvious reasons, but at the same time, you start to get spread thin looking and an idea. I don't know if it's doable, but it would be interesting if someone could come up with an app that would. I don't know if there's a legal way to do this, but would let you peruse everything. Like if you want to look for a particular card, you just hit that and it looks, because like Google Shopping, for example, that doesn't cut it. That's, there's just yeah, too much. But if someone could come up with something like that, that would be great. Because there's, it's hard to hop around. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, for me, I default, because I, I agree with Neo's thing. I think he was saying it was, we're too, spread too thin, like too many, like, I mean, what you were just saying. Yeah. And I mean, to me, like I check, eBay first, kind of get an idea of the market. Then I check my slabs to see if there's just any good deals relative to what is available on eBay. And if it is in the realm of that, you know, purchasing world, I'll go check Starstock if I think, you know, it's an option. Yeah. Um, and then, but that's really it. Cause I, yeah, I'm not going to spend my time on what I'm going to go check, whatnot and comps and all these bajillion <laughs> other things, you know, it's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you have anything you like to use besides eBay? Do you use a ComC or a Starstock or anything? Is it strictly? I hop around. I mean, it's 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 it's. I mean, I, I find ComC once in a while. Like, if 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 someone starts to get hot, for whatever reason, like let's say Otani, right? When I I noticed when he was blowing up, I picked off a nice auto off ComC for a good price, and I'll, I'll mm -hmm. find occasionally things fall through the cracks, 
and you can find something like that on ComC. Like there's a little bit of a lag. Um, I don't know. That was like a year ago, though. I feel like everyone's getting smarter. And like we talk about these inefficiencies and they're just getting tighter. So it's yeah. it's, it's just a sign of a, I think it's a market that's maturing. So it's so so I'll jump. I'll jump onto my slabs. I'll jump onto ComC, PWCC. Um, it, it, another side, it, it's 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 gotten a little bad press, but I, I found alt. If you're willing to play the game, they started. I, I shouldn't say this because it's again, it's an inefficiency, and it'll get tighter. But I found their their auctions, you will find deals. Mm. You will find deals. Like uh, as an example, I bought a. I'm, I'm waiting for it, but I bought a nice Soto refractor, uh, and and I, I was looking at a couple other cards like a Mahomes, a Mahomes. Yeah. Prism, how much would you pay for that right now? Off the top of your head. Well, I wouldn't buy one, no, but no. I would guess. What, what, what would the market price? I would guess market would be somewhere around nine grand or something. So it, I think it's around 7,500 to 9,000 right now, okay. roughly. And I'm, I'm not playing football at all. But as an example, that card went for 5,500. Oh, that's definitely low. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was 10 grand oh. before the season. That's the number I knew. So. Okay. It's an example. So, so alt it has its issues, but if you're willing to play the game, you might find a deal there. So, it's a game. You just got to keep hopping around, and but yeah. but you only have so much time. So, I don't want to be one of those one of those guys. But I, I guess uh, trigger some shit for this. We're, we're 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 talking about the hobby. He's like, I, I had to take a break. I, I was burning out. I'm like, okay, like I, 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 I love your streams, Dak. It's like you and Steve, and I'll watch a little Neo and here and there. And if I had to give you a number in a week, I probably and it's I'm working doing this, so I'm not uh, you'll you'll notice I'm kind of happy yeah, sure, asking, but I, I, I maybe consume five hours a week, I would guess. Mm -hmm. And triggers like, yeah, I was doing like about seven to eight hours a day. <laughs> what? How 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 are you how are you doing that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah now dude <laughs> yeah it's it's too much i mean you have to put it i mean i don't know it's just so hard to yeah it's so overwhelming at first when you jump into yeah. anything you know and it, you have to find your lane eventually and if you don't you're going to get burnt out because you're going to be doing that where you're searching across everything you're going to be looking at every ebay listing out there yeah you know so yeah you're you're spot on five hours a week honestly you know, I've been talking about a lot. I watch a lot less content, quite frankly. I find most of the content pretty boring and just kind of stale. Well, we're, what, what happens, I, I talked to Trigger and a couple of guys. We're all learning a lot. And as you learn, you, you separate, separate the, I don't know if it's chaff, wheat from the chaff, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, I hate to be like this, but basic. It's like very basic content. And then like the more nuanced people, they're worth your time. Like one guy who gets no love, but you love him, I love him as Chad. His stuff, I, I like it. I, it's I, ridiculous. He's, how He's funny, informative. It's, I, I have to give him a shout out on here. CNT Collectibles, you guys check it out. It's, it's good. He's funny. He's goofy in his own way. I love it. Mm -hmm. And he's doing like a, a, a great series right now on the War Hall of Fame guys, position by position. It's, it's quality, right? It's, but it's interesting. It's like, I feel like the internet, it's, it's internet is not about um quality it's about fluff and sensationalism and you see that like the flashy shit gets the eyeballs and the quality doesn't it's it's a very bizarre world we're in <laughs> no and, yeah that's right but it's an it's a the cards is just another manifestation of that i feel like it's not about depth it's about everything in the internet it's about superficial uh, uh i don't know fluff <laughs> people don't have the patience for like like his work you have to be a little more patient but it's actually informative. God forbid you learn something about the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right. So that is a great thought. We're going to continue on that, but quick plug for CNT. CNT collectibles. Will nailed it. You know, I've been plugging yeah. that channel. I've been plugging him. I don't know, seven months. But yeah. you know, he he was one of the first guys to come onto my channel. He gave me so much support. You know, he's a great guy. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, part of the reason I, I basically stopped doing weekly uh, market reviews because I'm like, he does it better. You know, go watch his <laughs> stuff. He understands charts better than I do. Yeah. You know, he understands it at an advanced level, you know, and you should watch it. math and statistics and actually can, you know, say something nuanced and analyze, right? Yeah. He can even do more, but I feel like he's not getting too detailed because his viewership doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, 
Ch- Chad, if you're listening, more is better. I'm all for nuance. So yeah, go for it. Put, I, I put, agree. Put baby Yoda on your lap and run with it. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, put you. You know, I've asked that sucker onto this channel a thousand times. He's like, oh, I can't. I go, you bastard. Come on to the fucking channel, damn. I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> I, I've been just lazy. I, I've been meaning to hop on with you guys just, just at least for something like this for a while now. Just yeah. So yeah, I mean, what one last thing? Like again, the let's get back i don't want to get too much into the money side like like the hobby again what what's so great about it too we all like just another anecdote i wanted to share like it's all about our you know connecting with our childhood if we have i don't have any kids who are into cars but if you have that it's the generationality something to share with your your kids a, a hopefully a, a hobby a sport a passion and interest to connect with your children but but similar to that like you know one of my best friends my cousin we collected cards together and uh, he grew up in Europe and then moved here. So he was always into soccer more than American sports, but he got into the American sports and he went away from the hobby and, and I brought him back in during COVID. And I remember he was visiting and he was getting into the soccer cards and he came over and he was showing me some of his stuff and he had a huge, and they weren't big expensive cards, but he loved p- piddling in these random cards and had this huge smile on his face. And he's a kind of an older cranky guy. And I saw him and he looked like a kid again. And that's mm-hmm. the hobby. That's what it should be, right? It should bring us back to that state, right? And it was good to see that. And I was like, oh, that's good. I, I was able to bring this back and it's something he's enjoying like a kid again. And that's that's a part of the hobby I think we all should, hopefully we're connecting with. There, there is some tie. I don't know if there's been research on this, but men, they're men men enjoy collecting there is something about collecting that attracts men you know if you go back in time you know 100 years you know art collecting has been around for forever uh you know but in america obviously art collecting but you've got coin collecting you've got stamp collecting i mean as long as there's been trinkets around collecting has existed and specifically for men now women may enjoy collecting i don't mean that but collecting is a is a very male dominated kind of atmosphere uh, the question is why do you have a theory on that i don't that's interesting I really don't know why. It's something I actually looked into when I started first doing my deep dive into how to build a, a satisfying collection was like, why do we collect and things like that? And I, I haven't really found it yet, but I didn't go too far down that rabbit hole yet. So some off the top of my head, I mean, it's, again, it's our, our evolution. We have millions of years of hunter gatherer in us and it might be something. Oh, and that's I, interesting. So yeah. Wording, like when we used to, maybe we used to have to do that, right. To survive. And, now there's something fun. Maybe it gives us a sense of security. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a it's an inter- I'm actually surprised males do it. I would have guessed intuitively females would have done it more. But you've looked into it, so that, that's an interesting. Uh, yeah, when I, you look into any sort of collecting hobby, it is generally dominated by male. I mean, stamp, coin, cards, even art. You know, art. There's obviously more women in art than there are in the other three that I mentioned. But I mean, in general, that stuff is dominated by males. You know, and I, I don't mean dominated like they're better, you know, obviously. No, I'm just trying to get in trouble. I'm just saying like, you know, the people that are participating are, are predominantly male. Dude, in this <laughs> in, in day and age, God forbid, an artist like Dave Chappelle, you, you know what gets me about all this stuff is this age where, and not to digress, people criticize someone and they don't even know, like Chappelle's a perfect example, right? He's an artist. If you go criticize that guy, you have to see his work. You mm-hmm. can't get out of context. And we're in this weird era where people just fly off the handle emotionally and they don't even know what the issue is, right? It's, it's a very weird time we're in. That's yeah. a very weird time. It's a, it is a wild time. So, yeah, and well, whatever. There's a lot of, yeah. surface. They don't want to analyze something. They just oh, want Man, I want to go back to that because you talked about the internet and, you know, people don't go into nuance. And, I mean, we can start with that right there. I mean, that's just so perfect. You know, people... They see, I mean, there's so much things in the news. You can go, you know, the various trial cases that are going on, the various people getting canceled for, you know, whatever reason. It's all surface level bullshit. And it's all surface level, like taglines, like, oh, you can say these three words and they kind of stick together and send a message. And it may not be true, but, you know, we'll just keep saying it. Well, like, again, Rittenhouse, is that the kid's name? I, yeah. I'm, so maybe it's easy for me to say this, but like, he's, I'm, I was not in that courthouse. Like, if someone asks me, what do you think about that? My answer is simple. I don't know. And, like, it's okay to say that. I don't know why people can't 
realize that like shit's complicated sometimes it's okay to say i don't know and if i really care about it i'll look into it and maybe then i'll have an opinion <laughs> but we don't it's, uh, it's it's well i'm gonna go a little deep here for a second so me and my wife actually actually just now right before you and i hopped on we were watching um the prosecution um i you know interview whatever the hell it's called talk to kyle rittenhouse on the stand yeah it's somewhat entertaining i have to be honest it's not something i've ever really watched before yeah. I, I do find this entertaining but last night i'm playing poker at a big you know poker house here in texas or in houston and uh we're playing for two hours we're having a good time it's a pretty good table you know nine of us there and then somebody mentions rittenhouse and it just it went to shit You've got half the table who's, you know, defending him and half who aren't. And then when you listen to what both sides are saying, it's just bullshit anecdotes that both, you know, sides of the media came up with, like, the spew. And it's just like, none of you have any understanding of what's happening. You're just saying what people are saying. That's it. Home of this country right now, the media is polarizing us and people need to realize that. It's it's not that, that that's the perfect poker table. It should bring people together. And then that thing blew it up. And yeah. that's problem people need to realize that but you realize that i realize that i don't get why more people don't step back and calm down and talk like talk it out slowly and maybe mm -hmm. god forbid you learn something from the other side the horror <laughs> yeah, the horror that's right i it's man it's so you know you're 100 right well i mean that's the whole reason for this series you know i tell people in private that i see this as a joe rogan type series and i don't mean it's like <laughs> I'm Joe Rogan, you know, obviously, but I just mean like I want to give people an opportunity to talk about whatever the hell they find important, you know, and to really talk about it, not just some fly by night, you know, three minute talk, you know. And again, the card thing for me, another thing I love about the little things on your streams, even it's like a combination like guys need you're talking about some of the gender stuff like guys need to be I'm sorry, we're kind of dumb and guys need to be guys. We need our guy time. And it's it's perfect to talk sports, talk cards, and then talk stupid borderline, maybe God for mm -hmm. sexist jokes. Like mm -hmm. guys need to have their guy time. We're human. So it's, it's, it's good to just, yeah, I, I like the, the lives when, when we have a little bit of everything. It's a nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You moderate well, you, you multitask. Well, I, I, I told you that before, but it's, it's about all that. busy, but the lives I get on trigger too. I'm like, it's not because he, he, had to take a break it's like it's the community you have to have everyone or else it's not it's not the same when you, you it's like a like a cook in the kitchen you need all the ingredients for it to really flow yeah the lives really took a life of their own which was awesome because like i'm doing it because like at first you know i want to get members or you know viewership or whatever and then people and i'm like okay this is a good way to do it and then at some point like i think we were doing something and i was like i want to go hang out with my friends some night and then somebody in live was like you know we're friends and i'm like no you're fucking right you know this friday night for me is a night at the bar with the guys and yeah. that's you know really what the lives have become and it's really an open invite to anyone if, if y'all have got a camera and a microphone you're welcome i mean send me a, a message during the live and i'm happy to have people on except yeah. for you know paul and his shitty internet that bastard <laughs> but <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to hop on. It's it's exactly it's with with me with the two girls too. I I can't get out much, so it's 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 that's what it is for me. I, I've I've really enjoyed it. I, the first I still remember your first line that I saw was way back. I'm like, this guy's kind of he's a character. You you popped on and you had your cigar and you were drinking margaritas and you're talking to. I like him, but I haven't seen him lately. That Pittsburgh guy. Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. he started that TGT uh grading company he's done a lot less content but they do a lot with the grading i actually would like to have him on yeah. just to hear about grading but anyway yeah oh that's hard starting a new company man it's it's risk i've never done that it's risky but you gotta it, now's the time to do it if you're gonna get it off the ground yeah you know that particular live stream i remember well because it's the only one i smoked a cigar on i think because you know <laughs> I remember that. That's exactly what she was out of town. I was <laughs> I was outside, you know, just having a good time. And I actually am setting up now. I'm setting up in my garage so that I can uh so I can stream out in the garage and smoke a cigar and, and nice. you know, just be out there cuz I like to because it it is at first it was a lot of work live streams, you know, like I need to entertain, but now it's just hanging with the guys, you know, and and so yeah, I want to smoke a cigar and relax a little bit and you know, just enjoy the evening. It's it's tricky too. I mean, you, you guys who are doing this, you can see the numbers. And with COVID, maybe more people are getting out now. But like I told Trigger again, I'm like, this is a community. You can't, you can't 
shirk it too much it's 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 good to make time for everything because for me it's like you're not good i'm not gonna find card nerds here it's, it's yeah cool. right yeah yeah you're absolutely but, right yeah and i'm not into like the fantasy thing some of the guys are doing all of that this to me is kind of all my sports stuff is here and it's, it's nice it's it's just right for me so it, it's good to to people who are listening as the world opens up it's still good to let's try to keep our little nucleus together it might not be as frequent but it's good to have it i think it's it's for me it's been a it's been a lot of fun i've yeah. been obnoxious at times but i've been I, i'm i try not to be too obnoxious <laughs> i heard you like juan soto i don't really understand why i mean he's really a <laughs> shitty ball player but hey you know whatever <laughs> oh god <laughs> season two again like like baseball was getting a little slow for me and this year like i'm i'm a, a giants and Braves fan so mm -hmm. it was incredible and I saw, I mean, Soto's just an amazing player, amazing player. He's like Barry Bonds. Might not have Bonds' as, uh, bat speed or his uh, power, but he has that eye at 21. And you just don't see that. But, like, it's funny. I was watching so much baseball this year. Like, I saw the Braves catch fire. And I'm like, these guys are fun. They're, they're rolling. And here's trivia. I think they had, like, the third or fourth best record in the MLB in the second half. So they – the narrative was this is a David. That was not a David. That mm -hmm. second half team was legit, and uh, they rolled good teams. And and like I, I I was like you know you see it. I saw that with the Giants teams of 2010, 12, 14. It's really cool when a baseball team just clicks. And that's the thing about sports, right? It's about the sum being more than the parts, and it's hard to predict. It's like magic when it happens. And I, yeah. I've teams and I've captain teams, and you see it. It's like the personalities when it's fun it, you you can feel it this is a special team it, it, and it clicks and that's that's it's it's obviously different when you're watching on tv <laughs> yeah no yeah that magic of a team like find their synergy and, and they actually click people aren't going to like this but uh jeff lunau you know the the gm for the astros when we won the world series who has since been fired you know, right. for obvious reasons but i remember after that they, they were I think they were talking about writing a book or they, they may have just been talking about techniques that they were using to build the roster. Right. And then they said, you know, there's, there's this one part of Moneyball, right. Where you're trying to find value and, and good players. And yes, that's important. But he said also, you know, you have to find um, personalities that match that work in the clubhouse. So they said they were very um, specific when they brought guys in, they had to be able to fit in the clubhouse. They weren't just going to bring just anyone in. And I mean, you would see, I mean, obviously look, people are going to, you know, meme this and the trash can, whatever. I don't give a fuck, but you know, <laughs> you could see it. All those guys were great. No, no luck, Misa, no luck, Misa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, but there is that, like, there's that secondary part to it. There's more than just like, oh, we have great players on this team. You know, the Yankees could buy a great team every year, but if it doesn't click, it's just not going to work. You need to be, I, I'm not good at this. I'm, I, I could never manage people. I, I'm good at many things and I'm not good at that. But you, mm. you, a GM and a manager, especially on those bigger rosters, you're basically like a master psychologist. And the, and the better managers, I think they, they're people, pers they, they get personalities, they manage the difficult personalities. I think that's the art. Like Phil Jackson, let's say with Dennis Rodman, that the real good psychologist figure out how to deal with the difficult ones and make it work whereas the guys or gals who aren't cut out for that when they when they have those difficult people they it, it falls apart and you can see it with the braves manager too he was like very calm and mm. even keeled i'm like you could that's what you, you need a guy who can kind of I, I don't know what the right word is but make it work and it's not yeah. that, but, right it's a it's a skill i'm sure it's learned and innate it's probably both I would think it's probably both, you know, Phil Zen master. I mean, it's a, the perfect example. You talked about Dennis Rodman and he's hard to manage. You think Mike, I mean, Michael Jordan was probably harder to manage than, than Dude, Rodman was. I mean, all these guys in all these sports, you have to be literally, I think not just OCD. It's like, you have to be a little crazy to become that good. Cause it's oh. not normal. Like I, I read a book on Nadal, the, the tennis player. And I don't know how that guy's married. Like after a match, he'll, He'll spend three, four hours going over the match. All this repetitive—they're—they're they're insane. Like to get to—and that's what's happened, right? Sports are so much money. If you want to get to the top of the pyramid, it self-selects for these insane people. It's yeah. amazing. 
You know, I've actually thought about this a little bit because, you know, Brady seems to have such a successful life both on and off the field, you know, and, you know, Giselle, you know, people know Giselle want him to retire to spend more time with family, yada, yada, yada. I assume that guys like that take their family life seriously, just like they take their professional life seriously. And then so they're very, um, I, I guess I would say present and um, particular, you know, um, they're doing things for a reason in their family life as well. And, and I, I, that's, it's an assumption. I assumed an adult is doing enough, right. You know, to keep his family happy. Um, I think you, the same with Brady. I think you have children at that point, this family like super understanding and sacrificial. Like other, you'll see it proactive, like the, just off the top of the head, those relationships don't work. Cause I, I think the other side has to sacrifice for it to work. I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but it's like pieces in the puzzle. Like Giselle, I, I don't know their life, obviously, but you, you have to be able to carry a lot if, if the guy is or the gal is that dedicated to their craft. I, I, there's just only so many hours in the day. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's there's no question, especially now. You know, my, wife, my wife's in there right now getting some milk ready. You know, she is more present with the baby. You know, during, I'm already back to work, and she's not going back to work till February. And so, like, nice. I mean, that's just – there's no question, you know, she's going to be more active with the child in that way, but I'm still going to be extremely active. You know, it's just a matter, but like you said, it's figuring it out and putting the pieces together. And the kids stuff, this is a tangent, but there's, you're seeing it. The phases are so fast. Just you, you're ass tired. Just soak it up and just enjoy those little moments. Cause you're going to take pictures. And then in six months, you'll look back and you're like, I don't even remember that. You'll, you'll see. So just, just enjoy it. It's it's so dynamic. You know, you're gonna blink and next phase, next phase. So it's tough, but just make time to slow down and enjoy it too. Yeah. That's advice. So. I'll, say, I'll say a couple things here. You know, I was given many gifts at birth, not many, but a few. But one of them was listening to people. Like, thank God, that's one gift I was given was listening to people. And um, I remember actually before the baby was born, I was on a live stream. And multiple people, maybe yourself, CNT, you know, multiple dads in the community were telling me, like, just enjoy it, just enjoy it. And y'all have given me so much good advice. And I mean, since day one, I tried to, you know, take that. I mean, because so many people said it, just make sure you enjoy it. It basically be present in the moment. Don't get overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I have, and like, you know, I can see it in front of me. I can see that she's not going to be like this for much longer, right? I'm going to blink and it's not going to be there. And then so you guys saying, like, you know, take advantage of it and appreciate it. Like I'm doing that because you told me to. And if you wouldn't have, I may not have noticed that, but I am, you know, very conscious to enjoy the moments that we do have. Yeah. I mean, people told me the same thing. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, and another thing again, about children in a good way, I think it reminds you life is ephemeral and it kind of reminds you to stay in the moment and enjoy everything. Cause we're all changing, we're all aging and the children just remind you of, how dynamic life is i i think before i have kids i i i was in a little more of a routine and it i i think that it's good for that it's just it kind of kept it's kept me in the present more and here's my uh sorry aside here's my uh secretary i don't know <laughs> yeah oh, yeah it's a great yeah I, he's a super sweetheart he's he's 11 and he's very patient he seems it yeah he's like are you done talking to this weird looking man yeah. what are you doing here? Come on. we'll go out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see the dumbbell there. You get a good lift in, you know. What are we doing here? Yeah, this is I don't know. This is the home this is a it's a mess. This is a home office. I this this is where I'm working while I'm listening to you clowns. I, I, <laughs> I interpret medical images. So I'm 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 working and I take breaks, I'm kind of pulsing. But so so it's 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 been good. It's I I I've I've enjoyed listening to you jokers. It makes work flow better. What does interpreting medical images mean uh I'm, I'm the doc who looks at like cat scans and mris and x-rays and ultrasounds so i, I enjoy like when they talk about players and injuries i kind of enjoy that aspect because you're trying to figure out and it's all it's all like a cloak and dagger like they're not revealing the real injuries like i think the grom had a ucl strain and they were making up like they were talking about his mri and they're they're literally lying because i know the language so like the mri showed that i'm like MRIs don't show that. And then a few months later, like, oh, yeah, DeGrom had a UCL strain. We shut him down. Same thing with Trout. I think Trout tore his Achilles, and they're not saying it. Why do you think they wouldn't say that? I don't know. You know, but calf strains, that's not a – that's a – that at worst, that's an eight-week injury. 
Mm. But whatever happened, it's not a calf strain. It's, you don't shut down for eight months, seven months from a calf strain. Do you think this is, I mean, so one, I didn't know you were a doctor. I didn't know we had a doctor in the chat. That's pretty awesome. But, <laughs> you know, two, but like, I mean, do, is there, can these guys like just overwork their bodies and just send it, you know, off a cliff? Basically, like, you know, JJ Watt, there's a lot of talk about that with him. You know, he trained too hard and now his body can't handle it. You know, he's paying you, for it. You, back. I can tell you from myself and aging, like the most important, and, and you see guys like it's, it's a trip. They were ahead of the curve. Kareem and Ricky Henderson had long careers. And when you talk to both of them, they were the, I mean, the diet stuff is the last piece of the puzzle. Like people like aesthetics, Brady, who are insane, you know, they're not eating normal diets because they just want to still play. But those guys were the first ones who realized flexibility. And as you age, especially into your thirties, forget 35, like late twenties, like Trout's another example. Like that, I bet you that dude is not stretching. If he's stretching, I don't think that injury happens, especially in these sports where you're stopping and starting, right? Like you get cold, you see, who was it? Uh, uh, Justin Turner pulled his hamstring. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm baseball injury that starts to happen in your 30s not in your 20s mm. and players realize that ahead of time and start taking care of their bodies you should take care of your body before the injury happens and like not sound like an old man but i was getting all sorts of back issues with tennis and then i, I picked up yoga and it's it's a lot of work but it's like if you love something in life as you age you you have to you, you have to put in the effort to make it happen uh, or else your body just doesn't won't let you do it. So, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, you've got LeBron, Brady, and Russ, yeah. Russell Wilson. Those are the three guys, as far as I know, like from a, a American sports perspective, that are at, a, ahead of the game from like a, a longevity body LeBron performance. Is insane. And and you're too young for the Jordan argument, but I've seen both. And like the thing about LeBron, like I, to me, they're one A and one B. And I'm not gonna, I might put Jordan slightly ahead of LeBron, but to the, like it's and in my field like my field is very much a turtle marathon field you you just you're slow and steady so i can appreciate a guy like lebron who i mean he's he's at this level slow and steady and he's done it for 20 years that's yeah. freaking incredible and mm -hmm. you can't you can't poo poo that guy like when people criticize that guy, i'm like dude that guy has played at such a high level for so long like please just stop Stop criticizing that guy. I mean, the yeah. I know some people don't like him, but yeah. but to sustain that for that long and Brady, I hate Brady, but I have to respect him. Like, and and, and the thing about Brady, I respect the most is his mind. It, he and Belichick, but Brady's like a chess master. And if you watch his career, that motherfucker, like, he figures it out. Like the second half, if you take something. You're, you're you're doing something he will figure it out and he'll pick apart where you're weak yep and that his whole career it's insane like the, the aaron Rodgers is the best pure passer i've ever seen but brady's mind it's quarterback i i've played quarterback like in all my the sports i've played no sport the, the tackle football when people are trying to take your head off the amount of multitasking no sport compares to quarterback i, I think that's like the if you have to pick one position every sport that you're like that's the toughest position the, the toughest thing to do for everything mind yeah. and quarterback it makes sense i mean people they'll use that and out they'll be oh he's the quarterback of that basketball team or he's the quarterback of the you know on the baseball diamond you know i mean it's clear uh that it's important and just to your point about flexibility lebron and brady both yeah known for stretching like all i mean Bra lebron will step out in, during a meal to go stretch and, and it's a trip I've noticed with my own body. Like, as you do it, you become more body aware. It, it, again, I'm sounding like an old man, but I'm sure LeBron and Brady do this. You sense when a muscle is tightening, and you, you realize that, and you, you're like, I got to stretch that out right now before it spasms and my kinetic chain gets disrupted. And I think those better athletes, they, they see these things, and, and they're more in tune with their body. And, yeah, it's a lot of work. So it matters to and that's why, I, again, I think we all respect these elite athletes because it's a lot of work to stay at that level. Heck yeah. And it, I, I, I'm a work ethic person and I'm going to respect that work ethic. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't need to, right? They have hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So I respect that in any person, 
when they can be the top of their field and they have drive and they, they, they do it for the love of the craft, right? Mm -hmm. But they love and they're artists, right, at that level. I mean, oh, yeah. Music, art, sports, like the pinnacle. Like it's, it's, and Federer's another example. Like when I saw him up close in Indian Wells, the guy's volleying, and I see a guy who's like 10th in the world at the net. And then I see Federer, and I'm like, it's insane. He's clearly better than that other guy who's the 10th best player in the world, right? Right, yeah. Just the trip, how we, we have these outliers at the very top, that they're, they're just freaks. <laughs> and yeah. it's them, right? Yeah. I don't have the money to, I wish, or, or I, I wish I was in, in a city to see some of these guys up close. Because when you see them up close, it's like superhuman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Well, you know, we're getting close to time here, but uh, I actually have been wanting to incorporate stretching more into my routine. So do you have any good YouTube or internet recommendations for oh, yoga? There's so much out there. Like, like one, one good PT guy when you're first starting, his name is, his name's Athlean X, A-T-H-L-E-A-N-X, I think. His, his name is Jeff something. A lot of these guys are don't know what they're talking about, but he's a physiotherapist and he knows the anatomy and, and everything he says is right. Okay. So that was a good place to start. Um, for, for yoga too, like before COVID, I was going into a studio and I think that was important to learn the, the technique properly. And I did that for about six months, COVID hit. And then now I have like a, it's called Down Dog. I have an app, it's free. Um, and uh, I do I do that, and that's perfect. And my wife was into she's a dancer. She's into something called bar method, which is kind of like a mixture of yoga and Pilates. And I do that too. Mm. Like it's all every sport's the same. It's all about balance and core and flexibility. Like the big muscles, like you know, like the, the sexy muscles, those don't matter. You, you, it's all about flexibility and core. And once you do that, uh, I think things kind of your your balance gets better in everything okay so, I, down dog i would start with that and and yeah like it, it's it's good it's 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 uh it's it's definitely been a good thing to incorporate just it's good to be on the court again <laughs> i think yeah. one of us who love our sports like when you don't have it it's like an outlet we all need a couple well yeah for me it's tennis now so it's good to be able to get out there it's tough with two little ones but i i, try, I still get out there once a week. yeah i hear you there yeah i need to get back to playing basketball i i actually haven't i mean i used to play basketball multiple times a week and since yeah. I, the last time i played was like a week before covid i mean i was still playing regularly then and once covid hit it just stopped and i haven't played since then yeah yeah so. all right man well this was a great conversation but before we go show me on that table i saw another trout and i saw nolan ryan let's see those okay, okay. these these are the last three big boys if you're ready i am ready yeah i'll see him here's here's mr achilles i don't know how well that's showing yeah i see a trout it looks like a bgs 95 is that a red the red baby oh my goodness red and then yeah this is another one of my favorites again buy buy the card this i don't know how well this will show this is a super clean nine right like that's an sgc nine nolan ryan yeah. oh Dude. my goodness clean nine it's I, I was very happy it's the centering's almost there. I, honestly, I would never crack it, but I, I, to me, this would, this would cross over. It, but the crossover game—that's a whole different combo. Yep, yep. And the last one, just, just for you, Dak. All right, let's go. What is it? Just, just for you. Oh, look at that! It is a fifty-two mantle. What is the grade on that sucker? Here's, here's the thing. This is a two-five, and I don't know how well it show. It has like this little line of print defect. But aesthetically, you don't see that, and it's centered. So to me, this was a, a perfect pickup. It's a it's a two five. It was affordable, <laughs> in quotes. But in <laughs> but it has eye appeal, right? When did you pick that sucker up? Uh, maybe six months ago. Man, so you didn't pay you know cheap market price for that. Oh, thing. but again, we're talking money, right? If my only advice is work hard and save and. CNT can give you a lessons on compounding, right? Put, yeah. put compound interest is your friend. So that's absolutely well. That's an 
an amazing card, obviously a grail card for, I mean, basically any card collector. I mean, that, I mean, that's really awesome. Will. Yeah, no, that one, that one was on my list. And then like, I was seeing it, you, you know, I, I saw one, I saw SGC seven, right. I'm we all probably have this story kicking myself. It was on a uh, Chris Sewell's channel. It's I, I didn't see it. I wasn't, I wasn't hunting for big cards yet. Mm -hmm. I saw a seven go for like 35 grand in September. Mm. That card now is probably, two three hundred grand gosh so it's crazy oh my god so but but you see these things shoot up and like who knows right is it going to crash and it's not worth losing sleep over but it's uh it's it's fun right you you just and if you can afford it my advice is just go big and, and save up and it's not worth like dabbling in a little thing if, if you can just pick a few things focus and like you have your niche stuff too like Go for rare stuff, quality stuff that makes you happy. And, yeah. and yeah. over, you you're 100% spot on. All this studying about collecting that I've done, it's, you know, people always say quality, quality, quality. And it's easy to say that. I remember people being, you know, a year ago, don't buy base, you know, so and so. But when you're looking at the colored stuff is like freaking $8 million when base is $2, you know, it's like, well, I mean, it has to be reasonable. But yeah, I, I strongly suggest, you know, if you're looking for your collection and you know you want certain cards or certain types of cards in your collection, it's worth if, if you can aff afford X, it's probably worth uh, saving up and trying to pay three X for a, you know more quality and, and putting that in your collection. Yeah, exactly. That's my advice. Just be patient and wait, and you'll see things. Like another thing, I didn't buy enough. In hindsight, there I should have bought it. I saw an Aaron Seven that that rookie that went for a good price during a national, mm -hmm. and it's like maybe people on eBay maybe during yeah. They're, they're fatigued and they're not looking on eBay. It's little things. Like you just got to be patient and be ready. And if you start your hunting at a good price, it's when you strike. So. Yep. Okay. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. I mean, it's so, you know, we talked so often and frequently through, through the live streams. And uh, I didn't know you were this interesting. I thought you were pretty boring. But it turns out you're a pretty interesting guy. I'm a boring person. <laughs> no, that's not true for a second, Will. I think people are going to love this. I think it was an absolute, you were awesome. Enough caffeine in me, I can get fired up. <laughs> there we go. So, Will, I mean, is there anything else you want to say to the people before we, we call it a day here? Uh, no, just thanks again, Dakota. I appreciate all your work. Uh, it's, it's been great for you, uh, for us to, for you to get you guys, Steve, Neo, et cetera, getting us all together. We all appreciate it. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah. hope to see you on the live sooner than later. Hey, we got we got a good live Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Eve, me, Steo, Neve, and possibly Kanye. Uh, Kanye hasn't confirmed yet, but who's who's hosting? It'll be on my channel. Yeah, the links are there. So go ahead. I'll be around. I'll hop okay. on. All yeah. right. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. And I mean, just thanks so much, Will. I mean, you and everyone else in the community. I mean, you know, you can sit here and say thank you to me, Neo, and Steve. But if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing it. That's for damn sure. You know, y'all make it easy. So thank you, sir. My 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 pleasure. Uh, been fun. Look forward right. to more. Thanks, Will. Thanks, everybody else. Cheers. Cheers.